the Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Every block, there's some fellow who keeps his automobile looking a little better than anybody else. Maybe that's you. Maybe yours is that shiny car that sits proudly at the curb in front of your house. In that case, you've probably discovered Johnson's Car New. It's easy with Car New to keep your car shiny and beautiful looking all the time. It takes so little work, you'll gladly clean and polish the car yourself. Easy, because Car New really does two jobs at once, both cleans and polishes with one application. This wax-fortified polish is a liquid, easily applied with a cloth without hard rubbing. Then Carnew dries to a white powder. And, brother, when you wipe this off, you wipe away the dirt and gloom like magic. Honestly, Carnew does an amazing cleaning job. And it leaves such a wax-smooth finish that dirt and road grime just don't have an easy foothold. Now, just in case you haven't discovered easy-to-use Carnew, why not try it this week? Ask your dealer for Johnson's Carnew, spelled C-A-R-N-U. One of the priceless privileges of an American citizen is the right to pop off about the government. National, state, and municipal. In this case, it's municipal. It, it seems that the city of Wistful Vista has failed in its duty to two of its taxpayers. Namely, and to wit, Fibber McGee and Molly. I'll blast those buzzers out of the city hall. That's what I'll blast. I'll show those baby-kissing, ballot-stuffing ward healers who swings a little power in this town. This is three times in five years they've done this to us. Well, my goodness, dearie, it might have been just an oversight. Oversight my clavicle. <laughs> it's things like this that cause epidemics. This might start a plague that would sweep the whole state. Look, dearie, just because they didn't collect our garbage today doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> they didn't carry it out to the curb till 9.30. What am I expected to do, make a formal appointment with them honey wagon pirates? <laughs> they could check back this way and see if our garbage was out, couldn't they? We give them a nice gift every Christmas, don't we? Of course we do. Well. And you'd think they'd remember a dollar longer than that, too. <laughs> Well, say, suppose there was about 250,000 people in this town. Suppose everybody gives the garbage man a buck every Christmas. Sure. That's $250,000. A quarter of a million. Holy smoke, a quarter of a million. Hmm. Why, George, I could drive one of them trucks as good as anybody. <laughs> Hand me the phone. I'm going to call Mayor Latrivia. Here. But aren't you assuming a little too much? Any you? guy with my influence at the city hall shouldn't, shouldn't have any trouble getting a job like that. All you got to do is know the right people. That's all you got to do is know. Yeah, but dearie... Hello, operator. Give me Mayor Latrivia at the city hall. Up a chair and sit down, Molly. It's Mert. 
You'd think a city this size would have more than one phone operator, wouldn't you? <laughs> How's every little thing, Mert? Say, say. What's say, Mert? Your sister? Miss America, huh? Oh, isn't that wonderful? Is she in Atlantic City? No, she married a guy in England. Says she's going to Miss America. <laughs> Mert, Mert, will you please... Hold it, McGee. The garbage men are picking up the garbage right now. Uh, Oh, oh, okay. Uh, Skip it, Mert. Thanks, anyway. Ah, that shows what influence will do, Snooky. (laughs) (laughs) I merely threatened to call the city hall and them monkeys start jumping like monkeys. Sometimes I wonder why you don't go into politics, McGee. Not enough money in it if you're honest and too much trouble if you're not. (laughs) Personally, I'd just soon be a silent figure in Wistful Vista politics. The man who knows everybody. The man who... That's probably Westbrook Pegler wanting to know how to spell Rosefeld. Come in! (laughs) Ah, hello, Mrs. Carstairs. So nice to see you. Uh, How do you do, my dear? Good day, Mr. McGee. Hi, Carstairs. Sit down and build yourself a lap. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Take Mrs. Carstairs' coat, dearie. Sure, sure. Shoot the sable to me, Mabel. (laughs) girl. Now then, what seems to be troubling you, Carstairs? What's putting all them furrows in your well-plowed brow? I'm sorry that my agitation is so obvious, Mr. McGee, but I am perturbed. Well, tell us all about it, Millicent, dear. If there's anything we can do, we'll be glad to. You betcha, kid. You betcha, kid. You tell old Uncle Fibber your troubles. You owe some bookie more than your allowance will cover? (laughs) Just give me his name and I'll win enough to tide you over. Well, that isn't exactly You worried about putting on weight again? Don't worry about that. Remember, elephants are a lot more popular than snakes. (laughs) No, Mr. McGee, I really... You found the telephone number written in lipstick on your husband's dress shirt? So what? Nobody'd give a guy like him their right number. Besides... (laughs) Huh? Dearie, why don't you let Mrs. Carstairs have a word? Huh? Why, sure. Have a word, Carsty. Have two, they're small. (laughs) My trouble is this, Mrs. McGee. It is imperative that I be in Florida next Monday for my niece's wedding. Are you familiar with Pensacola? Yes, and I like it, too. Though uh, I just as soon have root beer. (laughs) No, no, Molly. She says Pensacola. That's a town in South Carolina. (laughs) Florida. Oh, what did I say? South Carolina? (laughs) It's a town in Florida. When do you leave, Carsty? That is the crux of the whole matter, Mr. McGee. I can't leave because I find it impossible to get a train reservation. My secretary's on her vacation, and Mr. Carstairs is out of the city. I'm almost desperate enough to... to... what does one call it? Weigh my thumb? No, thumb your way, dear. <laughs> yes, though I shudder at the very picture of a Carstairs sitting on a suitcase at the side of the road. Oh, I don't know, Carsty. You'd be surprised how much abuse a well-made suitcase can take. (laughs) But don't you worry about it. I'll get you on a train. I'll get you a double compartment with hot and cold running brakemen. Old Atchison. (laughs) Yes, sir. Old Atchison, Topeka, and San Claus McGee. That's me. You might just as well go home and start packing, Mrs. Carstairs. And you might as well throw in some fishing tackle, too. Fishing tackle? Yes, I wouldn't put it past him to route you by way of Nova Scotia. Never mind what way I route her. I'll get her to Pennsylvania before she can... Pensacola, Mr. McGee. Please call me the moment you have my reservation. And if a man answers, don't hang up. It'll be I, me, horse with excitement. (laughs) Good day and thank you so much. 
Shall I run upstairs and get you your wool muffler? What do I need my wool muffler for? You've stuck your neck out so far, I don't want you to catch fall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hand me the phone. Hello, operator. Give me the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe. I'm talking on the phone. Now, look, Mac, here's my problem. I got to get a friend's of mine's wife on the Rattler to Pensacola, see? Yeah, it's a matter of life and death. If I don't do it, she'll kill me. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Mac. This is a... Yeah, but I've got a... It's... it's ex... Yeah, but, but Mac, I... Hello? Hello? Mm. Disconnected. Who's Mac? General MacArthur? Oh. <laughs> friend of mine named McNally. Used to sing baritone in the old Winter Garden Four. Great pal of mine, Fred Nittany. Who? Fred Nittany. He's a guy from Starved Rock, Illinois. That he and I used to have a vaudeville act together. <laughs> you know, singing and dancing and Woody sings. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget one time we played a split week in Boise, Idaho, and Frankfort, Kentucky. It was. How could you play a split week in places? <laughs> How could you play a split week in places so far apart? Fred went to Boise, and I went to Frankfort. <laughs> I used to sing smart, sophisticated songs like, If I gotta drink champagne from her slipper, I gotta get a gal with smaller feet. <laughs> Music, boys. All special material like that, see? What's all this got to do with getting Mrs. Carstairs a train reservation? Well, this McNally I was talking to, he used to play snooker with a guy named Charlie Bonfield, see? Yeah. And this Bonfield married a gal who used to be private secretary to a, a guy by, who was a cousin of Hap Vanderveen who went to school with Gordy Bestel, see? Yeah. And Bestel is the barber that cuts the hair of P. Morton Brilling, the president of the TSNR Railroad. You see how it pays to have connections? No. Me either. 
<laughs> Bonfield moved to Michigan, and Vanderveen is in the South Pacific. Bestel won the Irish sweepstakes in 1937 and lives in Bermuda. And Brilling hasn't been president of the railroad for 16 years. But I'll find somebody, by George. I still got connections. I got an in at the city hall. Don't forget that. Have you tried calling the president of the railroad? Several times. I can't get to him. His smart Alex secretary keeps cutting me off. Even after I tell her who I am, she cuts me off. You don't mean even. You mean especially. <laughs> Are you sure you weren't cut off accidentally? Sure, I'm sure. Look, I'll show you. Hello, operator. Give me Whistle Vista 1234524. Yeah. The president's office, please. Hello. Uh, this is Mr. McGee speaking. A very close friend of Mr. Uh, what's the president's name again? Huh? Rudolph? Rudolph what? Oh. Well, I'm a very close friend of Rudy's, and I wanted to speak to him about a resident. Oh, 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 hello? Hello? See, she does that every time. Well, who else have you called? My gosh, everybody I could think of. Last hour, I've talked to a state representative, the Brotherhood of Pullman Porters, the Interstate Commerce Commission, and a guy named Godfrey P. Dugmore. Who's Godfrey P. Dugmore? I don't know. I got him on a wrong number. <laughs> Very interesting chap. Said he was the first guy to go over Niagara Falls in a wardrobe trunk. My goodness. Yep. Says as soon as he gets out of the hospital, he's going to try it again without drawers. <laughs> In the trunk, I mean. <laughs> well, <laughs> looks like you'd better get to Mary Latrivia, dearie. Time's a wasting. Come in. Well, for goodness sakes, Dr. Gamble. How are you, Doctor? Hello, Molly. Hello, potholder. <laughs> Hi, Aerosmith. You're just the guy I wanted to see. Okay, Toad Face. Stick out your tongue and say, ah. Ah, I'm all right. <laughs> well, who do you know on the railroad racket, Doc? Well, the chairman of the board of the Wistful Vista and Eastern has been under my care for seven years. Heavenly oh, days. What's he got, Doctor? Three railroads, a castle in Scotland, a 400-foot yacht, two ex-wives, arteriosclerosis, and a tendency to pinch waitresses. <laughs> Kid, give him a buzz on the Amici here and see if he can swing me a good reservation on the train to Pensacola, will you? No. Why not, Doctor? Because he spends his afternoons on the golf course and, if interrupted, would fly into a rage which would raise his blood pressure. And he's already so red in the face he looks like he looks like an Indian, and strangely enough, he is. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? Uh, 3.40, 3.41, Doc. Why, you gotta go? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Yes, McGee, I've got to go. Got to be in my office at 4 o'clock to extract the dog's tooth. Oh. Heavenly days, isn't that a <laughs> <laughs> Is that a job for a veterinarian, Doc? No, it isn't. I have to extract this dog's tooth from a mail carrier's derriere. See you later. <laughs> Hey, what's a derriere? <laughs> well, it's a French word, dearie, meaning the back of the lap. <laughs> Doggone it if that secretary of the office of that president of that road runs so. Hey, I got an idea. Hand me the phone. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me Whistle Vista. One, two, three, four, five, two, four. Howdy, ma'am. 
This is Wild Bill Hornaday talking. <laughs> Wild Bill Hornaday from Wyoming, ma'am, president of the Tonto Cattlemen's Association. Well, you be my old client, for any character. <laughs> Look, ma'am, I shipped a heap of beef critters on your railroad, and I'd like to ask you a trifling favor. I got to get me to Pensacola, Florida. And if you can rope me a reservation, I... Hello? Hello? <laughs> Chuck's small, she cut the wire on me. Can't understand it, Paul. You were sure mighty convincing. I could almost hear them mavericks bawling down there in the silkwoods. Cottonwoods, Ma. Excuse me, I forgot the place was kind of run down. <laughs> now, look, McGee, the time is getting short. You better call the city hall and get Mayor Latrivia to help you with Mrs. Carstairs' reservation. Well, I hate to do it till I have to. My gosh, there must be somebody I know that's Hello, just... Molly. Hi, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junie. Look, kid, you know anybody connected with the TSNR Railroad? The TSNR? What railroad is that? The Tallahassee, Saskatchewan, and Richmond. The TSNR. Otherwise known as the Two Streaks of Rust. <laughs> oh, the Tallahassee, Saskatchewan, and Richmond. Yeah. Sure, I know the purchasing agent very well. He buys Johnson's wax from me by the carload. Splendid. Here's the phone, Junior. Tell him that I With the job he's got, of course, he realizes how Johnson's wax preserves and protects their equipment. Oh, that. Brings out the natural beauty of the wood in their club cars and helps to keep their dining cars spotless and gleaming. Of course it does that, but... He wouldn't think of using anything else to protect the leather upholstery from dirt and dust and dampness. Yeah, but what that got to keep do? the picture frames and lampshades <laughs> clean and new-looking. Yeah, we know all that, Junior, but... No railroader who's ever seen what Johnson's Wax can do to beautify the interiors of his lounge cars and Pullmans would ever think of using anything else. Look, Waxy. Uh, pardon me? <laughs> About Carstairs' reservation. Who? Mrs. Carstairs, Mr. Wilcox. McGee promised to get her on a train to Pensacola. Oh, Oh, yes, you're sending Carstairs to Pensacola. That's right. I think it's a marvelous idea. Best of luck, pal. Let me know how you come out. Bye now. Mm -hmm. Oh, dear. That boy, that boy. That I don't boy. like to say this, Daddy, but aren't your connections coming a bit loose? <laughs> the influential people you've contacted so far couldn't give you standing room in a gondola. Well, doggone it, I must know somebody around here that'll be useful. If that secretary in the president's office wasn't so dad ratted snippy, I... Hey, let me try her again. Hand me the phone. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me... Huh? No, Mert. Not now. No, I haven't got time. Give, <laughs> give me Wistful Vista. One, two, three, four, five, two, four. Yeah. Wild Bill Hornaday rides again. Well. <laughs> Hello? Mr. Gong Chu Long, Chinese ambassador speaking. Like very much, you can see number one reservation on Lelo train to Pensacola Chop Chop. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Anyway. Well, you know what Confucius say. Man who make big bluff have to fall over it in dark. <laughs> She's got no business cutting me off. If she realized who she was talking oh, to... Oh, hello, Alice. Come in, dear. Hi, Alice. Hello, Mrs. McGee, Mrs. McGee. Aren't you a little late for work today, Alice? Oh, this is my day off, Mrs. McGee. How is the new job, Alice? You're working at the Bontown now, aren't you? Yes, at the perfume counter, Mrs. McGee, and it's perfectly fascinating. Uh -huh. Did you know we have some perfumes down there that sell for about $75 an ounce? Mm. 
You really pay through the nose for those, don't you? <laughs> One woman opened a bottle to sniff it and asked me if she could have just a dollar's worth, and before I could say no, she'd had it. <laughs> hey, is it true that a lot of men are beginning to use fancy-smelling toilet water and stuff like that there, Alice? Oh, yes, Mr. McGee, but we call those items by very masculine names so men won't mind asking for them. Oh. You ought to try souvenir de sawmill or a, a, a bottle of locker room essence or a, maybe some of our cologne de cabo. <laughs> hey, speaking of cabooses, Alice, do you happen to know anybody down at the railroad station? Mm, oh, creepers, yes, Mr. McGee, my cousin Marjorie. You've oh. heard me mention her. Oh, yes, I have. Great, great. What does she do, Alice? Has she been there long? Oh, yes, she's been there for simply ages and ages. Well, at last, we're getting somewhere. Yeah, who, whose office is she in? Uh, the president's? Oh, she's not in any office, Mr. McGee. Huh? She's waiting to get on a train. What? Sure, I take her sandwiches every day. Oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> the King's Men sing in the middle of May. She was kind of distant in a charming way. But he was so persistent. It all began one day in the middle of May. He met a gal named June. Took her out in July Beneath an August moon And all through Sept He kept admiring her charm And all through Oct They were locked in each other's arms But good from November to Jan The runaround began February and March He was a worried man No, I don't have to. But won't I look like a mug if I fall down on the job? I had to flap my big fat lips about what a big shot I was. Knew all the right people, friends every place, and what happens. Looks like I couldn't influence a 90-point Marine to accept his discharge papers. You know, that girl at the office of the president of the railroad. You know, if there was some way you could avoid using the word Pensacola, that's what tips it off that it's you every time. Hey, I'll bet you're right. That's what gives me away. Sure. Hand me that telephone again. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. I want... Huh? No, no, Mert. Please. Not now. No, no. 
Give me Wistful Vista, one, two, three, four, five, two, four. Yeah. Old Paul Muni McGee, the man of a thousand voices. Evening, ma'am. <laughs> this here is Colonel Beauregard speaking. Colonel Beauregard, ma'am, from Mount Julep, North Carolina. <laughs> yes, ma'am, that's about halfway between here and hello. <laughs> hello. Yankee whippersnapper. <laughs> well, that ought about end your impersonations for the That's day, dear. Right anyway. Even Mason and Dixon had to draw the line someplace. <laughs> what them railroads need is a lesson in courtesy. That's what they need is a lesson in. If I ever get to own a railroad... Own one? My dear boy, you can't even get a friend to ride on one. <laughs> I'm beginning to feel a little cheap, too. Here I go blowing around about knowing people in the right places, and I can't... Come in. Well, for goodness sakes, Mayor Latrivia, this is quite an honor, Your Honor. Good afternoon, Molly. Hello, McGee. Hi, Politico. Say, you're just the guy I wanted to see. Now, I don't want to ask you for any favors for myself, you understand, Mayor, but... Uh, that, in my experience, is approach number two. Number one is, I want a favor. Number two is, I want a favor for a friend. Number three is, I want to do you a favor, Mr. Mayor. Number three is the one that is always loaded. Anytime anyone does a politician a favor, there are enough strings to it to equip the violin section of the Boston Symphony. Well, this is a very simple thing, Latrivia. You can do this with one eye tied behind you. He wants you to use your influence with the railroad, Mr. Mayor. Yeah. Oh. Whom do you wish me to corrupt in what railroad, McGee? <laughs> the TSNR, Latrivia, Tallahassee, Saskatchewan, and Richmond. All we want is a decent reservation to Pensacola, Florida. That ain't so tough, is it? Oh, not at all, my boy. When I finish that little task, I shall be happy to bake you a lemon meringue cake in the shape of the Taj Mahal. <laughs> then let you and I put on our bathing suits and climb Mount Everest. Who do you think I am, the Wizard of Oz? Well, is it so difficult to get train reservations, Mr. Mayor? I mean, I know it is for common people like us, but after all, an important man like you Can't should... swing it, eh, Latrivia? <laughs> As it happens, my friends, the president of the TSNR is a fellow club member of mine. Oh, fine. We play chess together twice a week. Oh, McGee used to play chess, too, didn't you, dear? Yeah, I used to be a marvel at it, Latrib. One night, I played 27 opponents while blindfolded. You don't say. Mm -hmm. How many games did you win? He didn't win any. He stumbled over a chair and knocked himself out for three hours. <laughs> that's, that's in the past. You say you're a pal of the railroad, Prexy, eh, Latrib? Yes, yes. He was asking me just this afternoon if I could use my influence to get him a set of automobile tires. And did you? I did not. I wouldn't use my influence to get anyone enough rubber to erase a comma from a petition to remove me from office. What did he need a set of tires for, Mr. Mayor? Uh, he wants to drive to Florida, Mrs. McGee. Drive to Florida? Why don't he take one of his own trains? This is the point at which I was trying to arrive. Huh? He can't get a reservation. <laughs> I hope that answered your inquiry. Good day. Oh. <laughs> he didn't need to do that to me. Here I voted for that guy every time. Sometimes twice at a time. How does he show his gratitude? This is a fine state of... Oh, my gosh. How am I ever going to tell Miss Carstairs? Have you exhausted every single angle, dearie? Yes, and myself, too. My gosh, I'd have swore... Uh-uh. Excuse me. I mean, I was sure I knew somebody that could swing it for me. But no, I guess I'm just a flop, a failure. Just a big windbag that McGee, never... Uh, I have an idea. Hand me the phone. No, it's no use. I've tried all the dialects. <laughs> Hand me the phone, please, Daddy. Okay, here. Thank you. Hello, operator. 
Give me the Union Station, please. Uh, you get no place that way. Hello, ticket office. Hmm. What have you on the TSNR for Pensacola tomorrow night? Drawing room B in car 172. Huh? Well, uh, please reserve it in the name of Millicent Carstairs. Thank you. Goodbye. Well, I'll do A drawing room. Well, what do you know about that? <laughs> By George, I knew I knew somebody that could swing it. <laughs> Hand me that phone and I'll tell old Lady Carstairs. I'll show her who has influence in this town. You're simply wonderful, dearie. Oh, it's nothing that any red-blooded American boy couldn't have done. <laughs> Just got to use your head, that's all. Hello, operator? No, not now, Mert, not now. Give me the residence of Mrs. Carstairs on the corner. Here's one thing you can really count on. If you protect your things regularly with wax, with genuine Johnson's wax, your home will be more and more beautiful. Your floors will have that rich, mellow beauty that good housekeepers love so much. Your tabletops, furniture, woodwork, windowsills will have that glow and lovely luster that only regular Johnson waxing can give them. And in every room, there are other things that will benefit by regular waxing. Venetian blinds, picture frames, ornaments, leather goods. This wax method of taking care of your things is called protective housekeeping. It's the modern, smart way to protect and beautify your home. And you ladies discovered it yourselves by finding so many extra labor-saving uses for Johnson's Wax in your homes. This famous wax polish comes in three convenient forms, the paste, the liquid, and the new white cream wax, especially developed for furniture and woodwork. Many housekeepers keep all three kinds on hand. Carstairs say when you told her you had a reservation for him, McGee? She said, skip it. Said she changed her mind. <laughs> said she wasn't going. Well, my goodness, after all the trouble you went to, what did you say? Oh, I said that was perfectly okay. <laughs> then I asked her if she was going to be here two weeks from Wednesday. What difference does that make? Two weeks from Wednesday is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company.